You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome back to another episode and another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I am your host, Devin Ellington, or at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. This is a hoop-ball.com presentation. As always, we are brought to you by manscaped.com and mybookie.ag. You'll hear some promo reads within the show. So I'm not going to harp about it too much at the beginning of the show. I'd rather talk about our premium content over at hoop-ball.com and the free content. Come for the free stuff, stay for the party and the premium side. That's my philosophy. I always show up for at least the punch and the cookies. It's the only reason I went to my junior, my junior year prom. You know, I, I, just, I showed up, I ate free stuff, and I left. So, you know... You can operate under the same way with HoopBall. Just come and check out the free stuff. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But I guarantee you, you'll have something that you find in there that you like. And then with the premium side, you know, in this offseason we're about to have, it's going to be very weird for fantasy basketball players because we're entering the post-COVID era, you know, of humanity, of sports, whatever you want to call it. So you're going to need information that's very inundated. You're going to need information that's clear and concise. Award-winning information is always great, which our main man, Mr. Aaron Brewski, the president himself, Brew, he wins awards with his basketball rankings, his fantasy basketball tools. So as a site, we succeed, and I believe that you should come join the family. For anything, my favorite part, the Discord servers, the Discord chats. That comes with any aspect of premium that you get. DFS pass, wager pass, fantasy pass, or HoopBall360. Obviously, you'll get all of it. So, not here to try to sell you a bunch of stuff. Just tell you how much that we would love to have you join. Because then we get to grow. You use those promo codes, we get to grow. And then if we get to grow, that means that we get to give more. It grows the amount that we can give. And we are all about giving. So that is something you need to know about HoopBall. I'm going to have two guests today. I can't say guests because they're, you know, family. They're uh, part of the HoopBall team. They are HoopBall. Like, you know, it's not someone at an outside entity. These two guys, day in, day out, 
to be honest, probably do more for hoop ball than I do. <laughs> These yeah, guys are always, yeah, I mean, y'all, y'all are active. Uh, you know, I just, I record the show, I guess. I, I, for, for some reason, since you record the show, you know, you, you get, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You get magnified with your responsibilities or whatever, what people think that you do. Nonetheless, Troy Markowski, Blake LaWatch, you guys got some northerner sounding names. That's I'll tell you that. Northern. <laughs> Troy, Blake, how y'all doing today, guys? I'm glad. Hey, this is the first show we've been able to do together, but we've been on the hoopball roster for quite some time together now, all three of us overlaying with each other. So welcome into the fiesta. Let's go. Yeah, man. But to be here, we were on a podcast on the same day together when you did true. the uh, March Madness Day. True, true. Very true. But we were not together. Yeah. That was a crazy day. I kind of would like some more of that. I miss it. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. It's crazy how quickly March Madness seems to go. Or sports in general. I mean, we're already, you know, I'd say a quarter of the way through the baseball season. And uh, basketball, we're going to be getting into some playoff scenarios here. The Kings were just eliminated. Playoffs. Talking about playoffs? We can't even win a game. I'm excited. Yeah. There's some great series that are going to be first and second round matchups. Um, Could you imagine a Suns-Lakers first round series? Oh, Lakers and four. It would be just like – well, I wouldn't say just like, but you remember those – Lakers Sun series in the early 2000s that just happened like every year when the oh, Lakers yeah. were Steve treading Matt water versus Kobe. Yeah, remember that. Yeah. Leandro Barbosa, Steve Nash getting punched in the nose. <laughs> Fun fact, only two teams have clinched a seed right now. So there is plenty to uh, shake out in the last couple Holy of days. Yeah. Yeah, and there's not that much separating the uh, play-in stratosphere either like there's like five different teams in the west that could easily be cycled in through there do we like the way the plan's playing out so far this year uh i think we've gotten lucky this first year with the teams that are kind of vying for those spots yeah you know i i like a traditional one through eight um you know that's just how i am like you know it's how they did it and I probably can't say the ABA, but, you know, early bowels of NBA, you know, 1960s. You know, the playoff formats changed, sure, throughout the year with the addition of teams and conference realignment, blah, blah, blah. But as far as my adult life, children's, my child life, my existence, the playoff format's been pretty much the same. So I don't think I like the play-in game, but I'm not sure. I, I personally love it. I think it's great because the last two weeks of NBA are hard enough to cap, when especially when people don't care. But now you're forcing teams to actually care. Like, how? When's the last time you re, people cared about an NBA game in the last week of NBA? They they don't. Most of the time, your seating's locked in, or you're fighting between the seven and eight. Now there's two additional teams per conference that can make some noise, and I like I like that personally. It's not going to be as entertaining. Every year, like like right now, you have Warriors, Lakers in the seven eight, and uh, you know Celtics, Hornets in the seven eight in the East. It's not always going to be you know entertaining teams like that, but 
It, I like it. I think it's a great addition. Yeah, I think we've gotten lucky this year, and it's only going to take one team to make a run to the, you know, the quote-unquote Final Four or whatever for it to stick around. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, look at the uh, – the way I look at it is you look at the teams that are involved. Like right now we're talking about the Warriors and the Lakers. So you're telling me I got to pick to not have one of those teams in the Western Conference playoffs when I want both, you know? So I, I guess I'm just greedy. And the but, NBA wants both as well. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, the Grizzlies are still alive, aren't they? Grizzlies and Warriors are both uh, tied in record, 37-33. Yeah. I don't know who has the tiebreaker, but right now those two pretty much going to be fighting for the eight. Spurs are in the 10 seed. They're four games back. Yeah. I mean, that's just one good week. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, a few good days, depending on scheduling. I was about to say Sunday is the last day this upcoming. Oh yeah, this yeah. is it. Wow, it's man, that is crazy. Yeah, playing starts next Monday. That's what I'm saying. People, they actually care. We got to really pay attention to the injury report. You should always pay attention to the injury report when you're betting. But I mean, normally NBA the last couple of weeks are kind of a stay away type deal. Mm-hmm. But now it's like let's let's find some value. Let's find the teams that care. Do you, Troy? Take this. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Troy, do you, uh, when a team is eliminated from postseason contention, do you automatically rule them out of any wagers that you'll be placing for the remainder of the NBA season, regular season? No. Uh, No? I mean, I always look at, like, obviously per line basis, it always varies on who's playing who, but. Team, you know, some men like to watch the world burn. You could have a team like the Kings got eliminated last night, and then they'll rifle off a couple wins this weekend just to mess with the seeding. So, yeah, just because people are eliminated, there's still that factor of, well, we're eliminated, but let's try and mess up someone's weekend. Let's try and mess up someone's playoff run. Yeah, especially if it's a divisional uh, foe or someone within your division, um, you know, that you competed with all year, and now that they're getting a chance at the playoffs and you're not, you're going to be a little salty try to knock them off so i i honestly am just ready for playoff basketball it's one of my favorite things um it is my favorite thing yeah <laughs> i mean we know that some team members here are bigger on nba than others um you know i begin the nba year super fanaticized and then once college ball starts it's like oh hell no like sorry nba <laughs> like yeah it's so hard to do both it is so time consuming but at the beginning of the nba season with the wager pass stuff you know i was like sure it was small volume play but like i was hitting on a lot of stuff and you know i was like man i just need to stick with the nba all year but it's just so hard especially with my uh heart that i have for college sports the love it's just so hard not to pay attention to college hoops especially with the early season tournaments and the prospects and you know, I love NBA, but I love it so much for the first month and a half and then playoff basketball. And I'm starting mm-hmm. to learn that more and more about myself as I get older. Do you find the same thing with uh, football? Yeah, It's a little easier, absolutely. though, because they're on separate days, though, at least. It is. But for me, when I'm looking at and watching college football, it's so much more appealing and enticing to my needs and what I like. Um, maybe because I grew up more in it. 
you know, Oklahoma not having professional teams and we had two decent colleges all of my childhood, you know, with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Um, you know, I think the NBA keeps my attention a little more uh, just because from one professional league to the next, I think I prefer the NBA, or NFL over the NBA in the current state of each league. The NBA, with what they're doing with the African Rwanda League, uh, I, I think we're about to see another uh, platform and tier of NBA exposure, and I very much so feel like we're close to another expansion team. So that will definitely pique my interest more so away from the NFL. Got to get a team back in Seattle. We have to. Yeah, but do you think Seattle and Vancouver, boom, there's your two teams. There's your two expansion teams. Do you think teams in Seattle and Portland is a good thing for the NBA, though? I mean, it was in the 90s. A little Pacific Northwest rivalry going on there. Yeah. What's not wrong with that? No, I love it. I'm in the Northwest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I have always just loved the Supersonics. And then, of course, being an Oklahoman, we have that weird tie to the franchise. You know, so it, it... It was a franchise that I kept a heavy eye on. Like, I remember watching VHS highlight tapes of Sean Kemp and Gary the Glove. Like, those goofy 90s bad music, just hip-hop, parachute pants, all sorts of the 90s stuff. I remember watching those as a kid, just really loving the, you know, George Carl stuff. You know, once I found out he started, you know, pretty much there as a head coach and his his successes. So it's it's just a weird tie that I have to the Supersonic or to, you know, I would I just think basketball belongs in Seattle. I mean, look at Gonzaga. Where are they? Just yep, outside of Seattle. I mean, Spokane, it's probably what, like an hour, I think. But it's a couple. Couple. So, I mean, it's we I think Pacific Northwest basketball is good stuff. I agree. You're good. I'm with yeah. you. I agree it's too. not that hard to pick a place or two to have an expansion team come in at. So we are going to talk some current stuff and current news today at some point, I promise. But I think there's just some things to be had and things to be said in regards to just general sports paraphernalia at the moment and uh, happenings. Um you know, talking, seeding, and the rounding out of that, you know, very important. We've got a heavy gamut of baseball today. You know, series are going to be getting started for teams going into the weekend. We've got a decent card of NBA. And we've just got, you know, I think we have some other good, fun stuff to just kind of chit-chat about uh, within this show. Blake, real quick, I want to throw something out at you in regards to baseball. Now, Troy is a hoops man purely for the most part. You know, you do get down on the NFL. Uh, you love your Ohio Bobcats and on the football field, uh, Troy. But I know you don't do the heavy deep scrubs into baseball like Blake and I do. So to accommodate everyone within this show, because there's three of us today, you know, that's, uh, you know, and, and backtrack a lot here. Got to rewind because um i'm a terrible host and i'm used to solo showing it and uh got to give out the twitter handles for my guys blake is easy his is at blake lawatch l-a-w-a-t-c-h and then troy 
I'm going to let you handle yours. At Dwayne underscore the rock J. Yes. I I can never remember if it's a hyphen, if it's an underscore. I know it's, it's Dwayne something. And then the right, I just need to like keep a sticky note on my computer in (laughs) honor of Troy and his Twitter handle. Why is that hard for you to memorize? You know, you got me there, Blake. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Hot take central over at Dwayne the rock J. Yeah. And we, uh, man, our, like I said, our team's growing and it's good to be able to get a couple guys on a show, just get some different banter and different takes and all that hot stuff going. A triumvirate, it's always fun. But Blake, I wanted to talk to you about just a couple of quick baseball takes. I know you've already got a couple plays loaded. Um, trying to remember what I was going to ask you specifically, but how about you give us a rundown on a uh, play that you're going to be eyeballing for this evening? How about your Royals? That's the, okay. Your beloved Royals? I I thought it was the Royals and the White Sox that you had to play on, and that's the game I was going to introduce, but uh, just couldn't remember. Yeah, they're um, terrible right now. I think they've lost 11 in a row. Uh, Yes, they have lost 11 in a row. Um, Hunter Dozier is a terrible baseball player, <laughs> according to his last 30 at-bats. All of a sudden, he's a terrible baseball player, yes. Um, he was a fantasy game-changer a couple of years ago, though. Yeah, he was. I just realized who's starting for the White Sox here, and that's Michael K- Kopik. They got a doubleheader. That's the second game. Oh, that's the second game. First game is Keller versus Giolito. K- Giolito. I was going to say, I could have mm-hmm. swore I just saw Giolito. <laughs> yep sorry brain's a little clouded from all that benadryl from yesterday (laughs) i mean it was just man i'm over here like a waterlogged cat right now got liquid in my ear can't hear nothing pollen okay anyways kansas city chicago white Sox. all right so you like the white Sox side or no i do but not enough to make a play on it Mm-hmm. I what I actually did was took the under under of six um, and a half where under six minus one ten and it is it's a double header so you know I'm playing seven innings um this one I, I I did like the White Sox to win the Royals are so much better against left-handed pitching like record-breaking stuff how many games they've won in the past two years, I think it was. And I got this from another podcast. I'm, I did not research this myself. But in the past two years, they've lost one game against a left-hander. The White Sox. The White Sox. Yeah. So it's, that's freaking nuts. But they're going up against Brad Keller, who is right-hander, but he's also bad. So I do like the White terrible. Sox to win. Yeah, he's terrible. He's got Dude, a 7.31 ERA. I bet his peripherals are even higher. They Brad are. Keller had a... He he started the season after his first two games. I think he had like a forty ERA. So after his first game, he had a forty point five. Yeah, he's got <laughs> he's got some deflation to do. Yeah, my but, thing is like I would love to take the under in this. My it just the White Sox, they're scoring a lot of runs right now. They are. They are scoring a ton, and I don't believe in Brad Keller, but I also don't believe in the Royals' offense right now, so I would definitely entertain an under 
maybe if it was a more traditional game. I, you know how I feel about these. I just I stay so far away from these new seven inning double headers. Um, I kind of like them. They're enticing. They are just because the longer a game is, the more variables there are, and the more things true. can get messed up. Very true. You know, if anything, maybe, and I'm just this is me spitballing. Maybe if you look at like teams that are very successful in the first five innings as offenses, maybe those yeah. are the teams that you could target in like first or some of these double headers. Cause you know, we get those first five innings of what we know and what we've seen and that data. And then we can just kind of worry about the rest in the last like inning and a half or two. Um, see just kind of how teams in the first five innings fare in a glaring scope. And then maybe correlate that over into these, Seven inning double double headers. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense for me. Um, I'm honestly gonna have very few opinions on tonight's card, uh, just for the simple fact that there's three of us today. Um, I'm trying not to cough down the microphone every time I talk right now, so I'm gonna be doing uh, less talking. That was the goal of having uh, you and Troy on today. I'm still talking a lot because uh, I, I, and I'm just doing that whole thing where the person's like, I'm talking a lot. I'm still talking. I'm I'm talking. I'm still talking Mm -hmm. and I'm still doing it. So, but Boston and Los Angeles is a game that obviously I need to make an opinion on because I'm picking the Royals and the Red Sox for the uh, season here in regards to trying to make 162 total plays. 5-0 Nick Pavetta on the mound, 3.19 ERA against Griffin Canning. Uh, Boston's bats right now, man, they, they're covering totals by themselves. They're, uh, getting on base. They're, they're healthy. They got Christian Arroyo, uh, again, they got Vasquez back. Uh, Franchi, Franchi Cordero is contributing. Uh, uh, oh man, Bobby Dahlback, Bobby Dahlback, uh, had a great game last night. He's starting to step up as a top prospect. You got freaking J.D. Martinez. You got Devers. You got Bogerts. This lineup is just loaded. So I'm looking to go over five on their team total against Griffin Canning today, who does have a 5.19 ERA himself. His peripherals are just as bad. Over nine and a half, because I think I could definitely see the Red Sox scoring seven to eight runs themselves alone. Uh Nick Pavetta has been really dang good, 5-0 and on a year. Um, not sure what his peripherals are, what percentiles he's in as far as his stuff right now, but I know that he's having a lot of success for the, for the gamut of the season so far. Red Sox tore up Sean Manaya, who's been just lights out as a pitcher for the A's the last couple weeks, uh, scored like eight runs off of him. And like I said, this Red Sox lineup, torrent right now they are just torching it with runs so it's going to be hard not to back anything but overs yeah i'm kind of agreeing with you there i think nick nick pavetta i think is so close to losing it that's and that's my fear yeah he's not he's not this good of a pitcher i mean i guess it wouldn't be a fear for this play because we i'm going on overs but uh that was actually a part of my thinking with the full because nine and a half you know nine and a half is a lot for me uh, but That's a lot of runs. with how many the Red Sox have been scoring uh, their last, man, I wish I had it in front of me and I'm too lazy to dig it up right now, but I know that they have been averaging pretty much double digits over their last, oh, excuse me, 
Um, no, no, never mind. They had some. The, the I forgot about those first two games in the A series were low scoring games, but they, like I said, scored eight runs last night. Uh, before this little stretch with the A's and the not potent Orioles offense that they played. The uh, Red Sox have been involved in some heavy, heavy scoring games. And then the Angels, just for the fact of the matter, is they have a terrible bullpen. And they, uh, it's so easy to bet overs blindly in their games. Yeah, I agree. Especially if they're going up against – or the, the Red Sox going up against righty and Griffin Canning. You know, yeah. They just got a couple of guys who just crushed righties. Yeah, they're, they're big three. Um, I could see having lots of good success tonight. Um, throw one more or two more games out, or just do one more. Um, we'll kind of just briefly talk about it, see what your opinion on it is. Um, and we can move on into some cross-threaded, you know, like NBA action, uh, other current happenings and all that good stuff. So I feel bad. I just kind of took Troy out the game. I mean, I'm looking at my six man, my six man star, and I just I want to get him back in the game. You know, <laughs> I need my Jamal Crawford out there. Um, I, I haven't forgotten about you, Troy. I promise. Oh, I know, I know. Hey, listen, I you got to know you got to know your limits. You got to be honest with yourself. I don't know anything about baseball, and I'm not going to pretend I do know anything about baseball. And that's why I get all my baseball info from the Discord. I mean, that works. That is uh, that's what it's there for. Look at that nice little self internal <laughs> promo stitch there good work troy um the cincinnati colorado game is interesting because wade miley coming off that he, he threw that no hitter right yeah he did yeah, yeah he did yeah so here we go we got to fade the pitcher coming off a no hitter theory that i i think i'm the only one that uses nope um, you don't you're not i'm not okay absolutely not I wasn't trying to say that as in like I'm a cool guy. I was trying no, to say No, I'm there with you. Like, That's what I'm saying. It's not important stuff. <laughs> but I've just noticed such a glaring uh, discrepancy on it. You know, it, it's just for the last couple of years, it's something that I've kept a baseball eye on just out of curiosity. And it is obvious. Well, it's they're very human, obvious. They're human beings. It's absolutely in their head. If they get that first out, you know, that's the first thing they're thinking about is you know, another I yeah mean, you ever go bowling and you get a strike in the first inning what's your first thought you know like i'm gonna shoot a 300 or, i mean in the first frame is what frame. i'm saying yeah yeah <laughs> you <laughs> absolutely that's 300 your absolute first thought is this is it yeah 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 or even after shooting a 300 or a perfect game it's like the second game is usually uh you know just for example i don't care or i don't know if anyone cares but uh in high school at a tournament a teammate of mine we were bowling some other schools in Wichita. He shot a 300, second game, came back and shot like a 160, 170. <laughs> I still beat him on the series total, but he shot a perfect game. I got to give him that. So I, I look at pitchers coming off no hitters a little of the same or a lot of the same. And, you know, I, oh, Colorado's actually scoring runs now. They're scoring more than three runs. And so I'm – Definitely wanting to look at a team total, but five and a half is a lot for Colorado, even in Colorado. And this Wade Miley guy, you know, what if he does have another? Because, okay, so John Means, he's the exception. His last start was phenomenal. He pretty much, he almost went a complete game again. And that was the game after his no hitter. So, 
But yeah. I think Wade, Wade Miley's not as good of a pitcher. As John Means? As John Means. <laughs> you know, Wade Miley's having a fantastic year. This is, that was is. not a one-off game. He's going to have – he's going to keep it going. I say that Wade Miley probably wins like 11 or 12 games this year at least. I agree. If the Reds can keep supporting him. Yeah. He's got a 2.0 ERA. Yeah, it's nuts. And it's mostly deserved. He's not allowing hard hits. You got to – I think you got to look at the over in this one because fading Wade Miley coming off the no-hitter. Marquez has been terrible at home. He's been terrible in general. Yeah. But he's even worse at home. Um, Five-mile-per-hour wind coming in, so nothing crazy. But if I would be making a play on this one, it would be the over just to do the whole Rockies uh, course field thing. Yeah, you but, know the Reds just don't score any runs on the road at all. That's yeah, they that's are such a two-faced team. Yeah, it's crazy. Now you say that, but their over/under record on the road is eleven six and one. That's weird. They Maybe their give up a lot more on the road. Awful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder what kind of technology they have at the at home that their uh, offense making so or their offense is so good at home. Trash cans. It makes you wonder. That's their technology is trash cans. Yeah, hard plastic. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. I think that can do it for baseball stuff. That was like some of the bigger – I mean, there's Sandy Alcantara pitching against Kershaw tonight. be a really good matchup. I would recommend watching that one. Um, yeah, I want to keep an eye on Glass now too. Glass now. He's just Savali going through a little for, bump right now, and I'm wondering when he's going to get out of it. Yeah, and he's actually got a pretty rough matchup today uh, against the Mets who are starting to get a little hot, which is a weird way to say something about the Mets. To, yeah, to say they're becoming average. Yeah, they're getting like they're one of their nostrils is starting to get to baseline, like right, water yeah. level. But you know, that could change very, very quickly. There was a. Bear with me here. I'm just kind of scatterbrained through the card. Milwaukee's going against Drew Smiley. Might look at a Milwaukee team total over there just because Smiley is uh, terrible. Milwaukee. At four runs for their team total, minus 115. I like that a lot, actually. Um, hey, how did Gilbert's debut go last night? I am terrible and did not watch a lick of it because I was miserable um, and covered in Benadryl and, like, sneezes and coughing. That's nice. Um, it went good. I did not watch it either because I am blacked out because then it'll be stupid. Oh, I thought but, you meant like you got. I was like, "Dang, Blake, party!" No, I, I did not get black. <laughs> I, I did have two Arnold uh, spiked Arnold Palmers, mm. but I did not get blacked out. Um, mm. No, the MLB blacks me out because they're dumb. Yeah, but box score watching, he did pretty good. He did um, good. Four innings, innings four earned runs. Four innings, four earned. Okay. Yeah. I, I figured it would be pretty even, like par. You know, I, I don't. Yeah. I didn't think that Seattle was going to have him do too, too much. Um, but Kalenic, did he do anything last night? No, they actually they were getting no hit. I think there's. Six oh, innings. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Please act. Uh huh. Yeah, please act. Yeah. No, Kalenic went. Uh, he went over four. Duh. Yeah, I heard yeah. Gilbert was just leaving in the middle of the strike zone the whole night, which is not his thing. Right. You know, he's known as the guy who can paint the corners, and I guess he just wasn't doing that last night. True, true. At least he was throwing strikes. Yep, I agree. Some really good prospects for you guys. And then you got another 
two oh, more yeah. on the way. Yeah, handful of them. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys are at that tipping point, like where the Blue Jays were, where they were like, bleep it. We're, sent, we're bringing everyone up. And yeah, then they started having pretty much instant success. Yeah, see if it happens here. I thought the Mariners were going to have success, you know what, eight years ago when they brought up Felix and Dustin Ackley and all those guys. Ooh, Dustin Ackley. <laughs> and they did nothing. <sighs> I'm afraid that's going to happen again. Um, maybe. But these, I feel like these guys are a lot more polarizing. Yeah, these guys are good. A um, lot more true, less rawness, you know. Um, yeah. Random tidbit here, and then we can move on. But this is for everyone. Trivia time. Do you know what pitcher holds the all-time MLB record for strikeout-to-walk ratio for a full season? Strikeout-to-walk ratio for a full season. When did he play? He, the record was set in 2014. Really? Mm-hmm. The only reason I, mean, I bring this up is because Corbin Burns has a chance to do something absolutely phenomenal this year. Oh, I'd heard about that. Yeah, I've heard about that. And I do know the name. It's because I, I saw this. I can't think of it, though. I want to say like DeGrom, but I don't think it was. Well, he did pitch for New York. Syndergaard? No. Matt Harvey? Uh, <laughs> Phil Hughes. Phil Hughes. <laughs> Phil Hughes. Oh, he pitched for New York and also everybody else. Yes. Phil Hughes. I, I, I heard that on a, uh, I think it was the uh, MLB round trip on the Sirius channel, like at the end of the night when they're recapping all the games. And they were talking about Corbin Burns' stuff, and uh, they brought that up. And I was like, Phil freaking Hughes. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah. And, of course, he would own that record. Yeah, I heard Corbin Burns. He's only walked like two guys or something. Yeah. He struck it, out 50-something. He, he went 56 strikeouts to begin the season without issuing a, a walk. That's so, so crazy. Uh, that was the longest. Um, he hit 52 was the longest. And then in that same game, you know, he went four more or whatever. Uh, and then at, fit, at 56 is when he got – he issued a walk. So what set the loser. record, broke the record. And uh, watch, now he's going to start walking 10 batters per game mm-hmm. or something, and we're not going to get history. Was Phil Hughes the guy that, in the All-Star game, he like booked it from the bullpen? Yeah. Was that him? <laughs> Everyone was like, chill, bro. <laughs> okay. Like, come on. What was his only All-Star game? Yeah, and he made it count. Fact check that. Anyways. All right, let's talk some hardwood. I'm going to switch it up, transition over to basketball now. We got some really decent... MLB tangents there, some throwbacks. Um, Troy, yes. your NBA takes for tonight with all of these um, – oh, my gosh. I don't even know if you call them injuries. Are they injuries? Like with the, all the inactivities? The- yeah, the whole season has just been injury-riddled, you know, shortened off season, truncated season, a lot of back-to-backs. Uh, weekend series it's it, the injury report's been filled the entire season so at this point it's just a part of the game there's um so i mean norm for you probably a little more higher volatility towards the end of the season here but with the warriors being down so many guys right now or their tags being questionable looks like lonzo's out for the 
Pelicans, Ingram and Adams, questionable for the uh, for New Orleans also. But I noticed that this was at six and a half. Now it's at one. Golden State minus one. It, I mean, I, I doubt, or I, I shouldn't say doubt, but I don't know if you have an opinion on this game, and I'm putting you definitely on the spot, but it, I was scrolling through the card and looking at some movements and all that, and that definitely caught my eye. Um, do you have anything to say on this game? Are you looking to back one team or the next? So when you look at it with with the uh, the Pelicans have probably been the team that's underachieved the most this season. You yes. know, they, had, they got good players with Zion. Steven Adams was brought in. Stan Van Gundy's a great coach. Uh, I love Stan Van Gundy, but I think the game may have moved past him. Yeah. And um, which, you know, they, hey, that happens. You know what I'm saying? Father Time is undefeated. So the Pelicans also, I think, have blown – 10 double-digit leads or something? I was season? just about to bring that up, but I wanted yeah. to – didn't, didn't want to steal much of your thunder. <laughs> yeah. So, they're, they're just not good. And, like I said, Zion's out with his injury. Lonzo's questionable. Steven Adams questionable. Josh Hart's out. Brandon Ingram's questionable. So, pretty much all their offense is questionable. But then the Warriors, same thing. Draymond, Steph, uh, Michael Mulder, all questionable. Um, Andrew Wiggins, questionable. So it's a matter of do you, do we think the Warriors play everyone to try and help in that fight for playing position, or do they take this as a rest day going into the weekend so that they can clinch their last game? So I personally is a stay away game, but if I was going to back anyone, it would be the Warriors. But with the line swinging from six to one, uh, that's that's concerning. That's something where it's just that's pretty much what solidified me staying away. Um, you know, if I knew Steph was playing, then yeah, I'd probably go way more confident, but we've had so many last minute scratches. He's questionable. Uh, I still think the Warriors will win. Sure. But you never know. It's just, uh, when everyone's questionable, it's, it's really hard to cap, but I, uh, I would back the Warriors, but like I said, that big swing kind of makes me back off a little bit. What really looks good would be a first half play. Golden Warrior or Golden State Warriors first half. Uh, they're just uh, the spreads just half a point for the Warriors at minus one hundred five odds. So that would be what I would play. But then again, the Warriors are notorious for kind of slow starts, blowing up in the third. You could probably look at some quarter action on that. But yeah, Warriors Pelicans is one of those games where it's just like stay away from it there's really two games that i feel comfortable laying some action on tonight yeah i was looking through the card and there is just a bunch of there's the you know like for example we got utah trying to lock down a one seed and then oklahoma city uh trying to lock down a number one pick and then you got philly and orlando denver detroit sacramento was just rolled out memphis still looking to try to get in that playoff spot Clippers, Houston, Toronto with like zero people. Us three could probably head up to head down to Dallas and ask the Raptors, like, y'all need three bodies? And they'd probably be like, yeah. I got six fouls I can give, coach. Yeah. Hey, I, man, I'll make them hard too. Like, I'll, I'll make sure they count. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to hear where you're looking to play. You know, honestly, the most even matchup of the night is probably Cleveland and Washington. Um, but, that's what, actually what were, that's the perfect transition because that is one of the plays I have tonight. Good. All right. Uh, 
I'm actually rolling with the Washington minus nine. And the reason being they Washington, I believe, like we said, yeah, they're still, they're the 10th seed right now. One game back from the Pacers. The Cavs have already been eliminated. The Cavs are also terrible. I don't know if you watch much Cleveland basketball this year, but they're just downright bad. And on top of that, Kevin Love's out. Larry Nance is out. Darius Garland's questionable. Chetty Oseman's questionable. Uh, everyone's either out or questionable for the Cavs. And then for the Wizards, you obviously have Bradley Beal out. Um, but other than that, they're still at full strength. They're still trying to make some noise and get into a better play-in position than 10. Because you definitely don't want to be the 10 seed going into play-in. That you have the most work to do, and that'll just land you an 8 seed anyway. So I, I actually like the Wizards to cover on this one. Hoop ballers. Let's talk about your balls. Yep, your balls in the area around them. Let's talk about manscaped.com. Go there and use promo code HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. Use the promo code and go check out all the tools they have of trimming the hedges and taking care of your lawn. Like the Lawn Mower 3.0 with a built-in LED light to help you get into those dark thigh crevices on the inner parts. Also, the Gooch. It is hard to get to the Gooch if you can't see it. So use the LED light with the anti-tugless technology on the Razor. Full, long battery life. Then... Check out the Weed Whacker. Bring that out of the shed. Use it on your shrubs. Cut down what you need down to bare minimum if you need to. It's got a nice anti-tugless technology just like the Lawnmower 3.0. It's also got a lithium battery. And best news of all, these things are waterproof. So that way you can do it in the shower and take care of business in the cleanest way possible. Hoopball20 is the promo code that's going to get you free shipping as well as 20% off. I recommend using it. I recommend getting the complete care kit with your free shipping and your 20% off. Spend a little extra, get a lot more. There's a good care kit there for us gentlemen. Face scrub, shampoo, ball treatment, and the area that surrounds our balls. I believe there's even a pair of underwear in there for our balls. So yeah. That's going to conclude the talk about our balls. Now let's talk about bets. MyBookie.ag is where all the hoop ballers take care of their winnings and where we place all of our wagers that we post in our article in the wager pass as well as our free plays and our Discord chats. Yes, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Let them know that we sent you. Hell, specifically type in my name. I want them to know. But most importantly, you got to let them know what podcast that is. And it is Today in Sports Betting. You let them know that we sent you. And then we, as a family, get to grow. And then we get to set you up to reap more benefits. And that is what's important to us because we are here to help you win money. And that is why we recommend my bookie. Their slogan is bet, win, get paid. And it's quite simply that easy. Use Bitcoin to get going. It's a high recommendation of 
VM Center at Vince Miracle, our guy. It's a recommendation of me. It's so easy. Dan Bespris, the podfather, Aaron Bruski, the godfather. They get in there. They get going with Bitcoin. They get their money in and out, and it's easy peasy. Who balls the promo code? Use that. Let them know that we sent you. MyBookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid. Now, as a podcast, we have your balls and your bets covered. And without further ado... We have today in sports betting. The, uh, Russell Westbrook's Conley. doing some uh, incredible stuff this year. I love it. I love Russell Westbrook. Anyone who doesn't love Russell Westbrook, get out of my face. Yeah. Man is Mr. Triple Double. I love how nobody liked Westbrook until he broke that record. And then all of a sudden, everybody on Twitter loves him. Yeah. I um obviously, God, I feel like I'm talking about me being from Oklahoma a crap ton, but like he was one of the, he was the first actual Oklahoma city thunders draft pick. Um, So really cool to see him go from that UCLA team that I was watching very strongly in March as a preteen or teenager, something like that. Can't remember how old I was. And then him, this polarizing point guard that I was just watching in the tournament, getting drafted to become the first uh, pick for, you know, the Thunder as a franchise. So very, very polarizing player, obviously. Uh, His opinions and such, you know, people have opinions on those. And he is a little abrasive, but he's a generational talent, and we need to appreciate that. And, uh, you know, like I've said it before, Magic Johnson was a little abrasive also. But uh, look at what we got to watch as uh, his efforts came out on the court. Have, have you ever seen anyone give maximum effort all 82 games of the season, all 48 minutes of the game? Like, I haven't except for Russell Westbrook. The man never turns it off, which is a testament to his stamina, I think, more than anything, and his athleticism. Absolutely. And the way he just keeps himself prepared, uh, ready to go mentally and physically. Yeah, he's always fired up. It's crazy. Every, uh, you know, every – play throughout a game you know you say the whole 82 but I mean the whole you know every minute within the game itself so well how many it's 12 minute quarters so 40 48 minutes 40, yeah. NBA all 48 game? minutes he's all going 40. as hard as possible I was gonna say 40 but I was like wait that's college mm-hmm. yeah. see I, I just always have college on the brain like I, I just can't help it I uh it's ingrained in me um how about hey? How about a shout out to? Uh, I want to talk about this Hootball Grizz team that we got because they just had freaking Brevin Knight, which to casual newer NBA fans like they they're like okay they're like who's Brevin who, Knight who the, who the fuck is Bre- Brevin Knight Brandon Knight no no Brevin Knight so Brevin Knight was what he's a five foot seven five foot oh, he was short but he was. Played in the NBA, man. Yeah, he, he was an NBA player for a long time, a veteran presence. If you're uh, he was a NBA. part of the Bobcat teams with Adam Morrison, played with the Grizz. But what – okay, so Brevin Knight, I don't know if y'all remember the game or not and if you played it, but do you remember NBA Street? Do I remember NBA Street? Come on <laughs> do, now. <laughs> do you remember M- NBA Street V3? I do. So you remember how you used to unlock the players after the challenges? Mm-hmm. to upgrade your team. Brevin Knight was one of them. And I was like, 
this guy is actually really fun to use on the game. I've never heard the name Brevin. And so from fifth grade on, I just knew who Brevin Knight was. And the fact that I randomly saw that, that our Hootball Grizz team got him on the podcast, I was like, wait, what the hell? Because I haven't thought of Brevin Knight in probably a couple years. But, and then to boast here, like he, I retweeted the Hootball Grizz stuff. And then freaking Brevin Knight liked and commented my retweet. And I was just kind of like, like fangirling it out a little bit. <laughs> it was just a great grab by our hoop ball team. Um, you know, our guys over there just knocking out some great content. And the fact that we're getting ex NBAers, you know, on the shows and such. It's a big you know, th- That is ridiculous. Uh, Dan was involved in that charity event with uh Darius Miles at the beginning of the year so that was really neat too so we're getting we're getting some uh NBA love over here at uh at Hootball but if you want to go check out the Hootball Grizz stuff I'd recommend going to at Hootball Grizz and then check out our guys at dwill2111 and then at Isaac underscore rivals and if you need to know who Brevin Knight is, go to YouTube and then go to his Twitter handle at Brevin Knight 22. Kids these days don't remember NBA Streeter Brevin Knight. Come on, man. He was the best part of that game. Because I remember you would unlock him, you could unlock Yao, and they were like two of the – and then, oh, this guy, Ray for Alston. You remember Ray for Alston? Oh, yes, dude. They were the first three players that you got to unlock because you had to play – you played uh, regional circuits, you know, and Brevin Knight was with the Grizz at the time. And the Grizz, you know, the Rockets, they were in that whole gauntlet and you would unlock some Rockets players and Brevin Knight. And I'm still talking about NBA Street Volume 3. <laughs> Yo, let me, uh, le- real quick, let's, let's get into this. The other, the other game I had my eye on was the Sixers Magic. And the reason I had my eye on that, Sixers are on that back-to-back. They got completely throttled. Uh, Doc, Rivers, Doc Rivers was like, yeah, it was an ass-whooping, straight up. Uh, the last, they're on a two-game losing streak. have only scored 94 points in both those games. Joel Embiid was only held to, like, six points last night. So, And the last two games for the Sixers are against the Magic. So that's two mm-hmm. gimme games for them. Uh, right now, the full game spread is sitting at 14. And for me, that's too much. But I do kind of like the first half at uh, eight and a half for Philly. And Joel Embiid, if you look at his props, over under points, 25 and a half, it says right now, at minus uh, 114 over here on my bookie. And I'm, I'm going to take the over on that. I don't expect Embiid to go low scoring two games in a row. Man's an MVP candidate. Now, Jokic should win the MVP, but Joel Embiid was there all year. He's uh, been balling out one of the most – efficient offensive seasons of all time. So he's definitely going to want to make up for that dud of a game he had last night. So that's, that's where my eyes are. Is the first half for Philly and uh, Joel Embiid over the points. I've been playing a lot of big underdogs the last like four days, just personally, like I've been putting them out on the show or talking much about them, but as of just data collection point for me, I've just kind of blindly been betting on smaller cards, not full NBA cards, but nights like tonight. I'm like, all right, let, let me just put like a half unit on every single underdog. I had a perfect night the other night. Underdogs are covering right now, and I think it's for reasons that you just kind of highlighted there, Troy. 
Well, the underdogs uh, all season long have been hitting at a pretty good clip. So I think that speaks to, one, how hard it's been to cap the this NBA season in particular. Um, and, two, it speaks to, like I said earlier in the show, you get teams just because people are eliminated, that doesn't mean that, you know they're going to want to ruin someone else. They, some men want to watch the world burn. And perfect example is Kings tonight playing the Grizz. Grizz are that nine seed. Um and the Kings are eliminated, and it just seems like a spot where I would fade the Kings, and then they come around and win by, like, 20. Or, like, Buddy Heald goes, like, six for six from three. So yeah. that's the kind of stuff you got to be mindful of coming here down the stretch in the last three days of the regular season. Now, was that, was that a Dark Knight reference there, by the way, Troy, subtly that you just got in there? Uh, no. If Not it on was, purpose? Then, uh, it was accidental. Okay, all right. I just – every time I hear that, I always think about – Heath Ledger saying that in, in The Dark Knight. Just, oh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. men will watch the world burn. Yes. Yeah. yeah that was. That's, when yeah. he sets the cash pile uh, on yep. fire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I Yeah, that was a reference. You know, Alfred talking to Batman. He's like, yo. Oh. Some dudes just want to watch the world burn. And yeah. he's talking about the Joker. And uh, the Kings might be in their Joker moment now. It's 15 straight years of missing the playoffs ties the longest streak in NBA history. So, And I was trying to think of who that other NBA team was that they tied it with. Do either of y'all have an idea? Because I, I put my place – I put my bet on one team. I want to say just, it was the Knicks from, uh, from like the early 2000s to 2013 or whatever. But oh, I'm yeah. Idea. Yeah, that, that's a good guess. I was going to say the Timberwolves – when like starting around like the Johnny Flynn era, yeah, the uh, Nikolai Pekovic days. Okay, so I just got it pulled up here. The Phoenix Suns were the second longest ten years. Actually, they just broke it, twenty eleven to twenty twenty one. Oh yeah, and then the Knicks, who just also broke theirs, was seven hmm. years. Forgot then, about the Suns, the, the Kings. 14 15 straight seasons without the playoffs like it's that's just abysmal that's just bad considering for folks on our age bracket like we grew up getting to watch some really awesome kings basketball and then like, yeah and then it's just been nothing since like Doug Christie and, well even when they had Brad Miller and like Tyreek Evans you know like right before this drought started Sacramento had like some pieces. Oh they yeah, just... Vladi Divac. Wasn't it the Kings who got uh, screwed by the refs in the playoffs versus the Lakers? Yes. Yeah. And wasn't that their last playoff? That whole sticky situation. That would what the Lakers shot like almost fifty free throws in the game six that, or it was either game six or game seven in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and that was I think it was game six, and that was their last playoff. Yeah, that right? was the ceiling game ceiling or the series ceiling game. And what, like the Kings only had like 20 free throw attempts or something like that. It, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Bad. Black eye on the NBA, which <laughs> not talk about. Yeah. Cause I mean, what, that was the, that would have been the second of the lake that, that allowed them to go and potentially repeat. So that was the second of that dynasty, you know? Uh, yeah, one other thing NBA I got to say about the NBA um, just to hear a little tangent, I don't like how the NBA is like, we're just not going to talk about the NBA 
pre-1980. Like, they just act like the NBA was Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain shooting hoops and then until it was Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. And I don't like it. I understand they don't they don't like the image of the 70s NBA, but it don't matter. I don't I don't like how they're kind of – I don't want to say erasing history, but they just uh, – they don't talk about it that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you talk about the old games and they're like, well, here's Bill Russell and here's Wilt Chamberlain and the Lakers, but it's like there's so much more NBA history to be had. And I think it's a shame that the NBA doesn't uh, make it more readily available for everybody. One of the best documentaries I've watched to help me grasp comprehension of kind of the bowels and the start of the NBA was the, is it ESP, it's a 30 for 30. And it's the Lakers, Celtics, best of enemies. Oh, yeah, the first, the first episode was just strictly like 60s, 50s, 60s. 50s and 60s, uh, you know, the start of the Minneapolis Lakers and yeah. the very, you know, start of the Celtics franchise. But what it also does, uh, outside of just basketball realm, it paints a very great historical picture and depicts truthfully the position and the climate that Boston was in as a city, um, racially fueled, what have you. And then the Lakers um, with LA. And it, so it just, like you said, it, and then there was um, the era in the seventies and people don't talk about this. And my jaw was agape watching this because it was so normalized back then. You know, there were the New York post was putting out polls you know, why, and in the 70s, you know, why is basketball not good or fun anymore? Like, why is it gone down? Because it almost died in the 70s. And, you know, one of the options and the most voted for option in a lot of these polls was too many blacks. Yeah. I I was just so just thrown aback that it was so normalized. And, that was the accepted reason why the NBA was bad. And then they were connecting that to the cocaine issues, the problems with cocaine in the league. And um, it was just a really weird time in the seventies for the, for the NBA. Yeah. But cocaine was an issue in every league at that time. <laughs> every street. And that was, uh, that was an issue in every facet of life, not yeah. just sports. I guess if you're a professional athletic association, you should be better than the rest, right? And you should be, but you're generally actually worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, you know, if y'all have the free time, Troy, it sounds like you've seen it, but I love it for just the historical aspect. I love learning about, you know, parts of the game that I didn't really know about, and you know, that definitely offered me a ton of insight. Um, a on kind of who like Red Auerbach was. Um, the guy was just uh, he went through severe racial. Uh, prejudices also I mean he was Jewish like he was I don't mean this I, I don't know if this is the bad thing to say or but he was a Jew like he he his religion his heritage his upbringing his culture his family was from you know uh, Europe so in Boston you know he he used to receive death threats and stuff so like when Bill Russell was going through his whole thing and just you know going through the civil rights stuff uh, Red Auerbach share, and this was in the documentary too, and really just a great storytelling piece. And uh, 
you know, read, it, it had an excerpt of one of their conversations and Bill Russell was talking about it. And Bill Russell got advice from Red Auerbach on how to face the prejudices that he was facing in uh, Boston. Um, so just, I don't know. I'm still going off on this tangent, but it's just such a great basketball documentary to watch if you just want to take in something to, you know, for your knowledge sake. And we need more of that. We need more of that stuff too, because it, we shouldn't have to have ESPN make 30 for 30s to learn about that stuff. One of my favorite accounts on Twitter is at pro hoops history. And mm -hmm. he's been doing this uh, piece lately where it's the forgotten finals MVPs because they didn't give finals MVP until like the mid sixties uh -huh. or uh, no, no, no. It was the early seventies with Jerry West uh -huh. was the first one. So, or I, he might've been 1969. He won it, but either way. So he's been doing a thing where like the early fifties through the sixties, who should have won finals MVP based on the data that we have. And it's stuff uh -huh. like that, that I love as just a, uh, you know, student of the game, fan of the game. Well, just yeah, to, really cool. to see the beginning of all of it, um, the evolution of the game, you know, just the, what it took, like these folks back in the fifties and the sixties were still professional athletes, you know, as white collar, blue collar, whatever collar people, you know, uh, you know, it's no different than what our current, uh, what am I trying to say? Our current civil civilizations, not the right one, but our peoples, our populace is, you know, it's very synonymous. It's very mirroring. Um, history repeats itself. So, Blake, uh, to bring you back in, you know, because I got – now I got my my starting center on the bench, and I, I need to get him back in the game. Uh, the history of baseball, too. Um, there's a lot of different podcasts out there. Um, and, you know, this was something I've been diving into also because just the, the bowels of the games that we love – are very interesting, especially when you're looking at base, like specifically for baseball, it's so old, but yet just the other day we had something that hasn't happened in 150 years plus happen. And it's those gifts that we get from baseball uh, pretty frequently. And we forget about the little stuff, you know, it was like, wow, uh, you know, strike out to walk ratios in the thirties or whatever, you know, just random stuff like that. Do you have a uh, era or a point in baseball that you tend to gravi uh, gravitize? Yeah, actually, <laughs> I actually love baseball history. I, uh, I've read a handful of books on it, and I've, you know, I've watched a Ken Burns documentary multiple times. I need to watch that. You said Ken Burns documentary? Yeah, yeah MLB runs it like the entire offseason, the MLB yeah. channel. Um, I think baseball and NBA need to come together and split the difference. Because MLB, they almost they grasp onto history so much that they don't change anything. Yeah, you know, DH should have been universal ten years ago. You know, NBA. When did they add a three point line? Like that was thirty years ago. Yeah, was it like seventies, early eighties? Okay, I thought it was the eighties. Yeah, you know, baseball would never do something like that. But look how it's transformed the NBA. The NBA would be nothing without the three point line. Yeah, you know, Larry, baseball would never do that because they hold on to history too much i just i don't like changing the game egregiously um you know it apparently pitching's too good now so they want to move the mound back i don't think you do that because a it's geometry like there's there's this yeah. like <laughs> sacred 
energy within a baseball diamond. And it's been the same size since the 1870s. Mm -hmm. So you're literally constructing, reconstructing the core and the, you know, the feng shui, if you will, of this historical game. Like to me, if you do that, you're literally readjusting like baseball souls. (laughs) See, yeah. And that's, that's almost the problem is we care so much about baseball history, but then you go to the NBA and then they don't give a crap about it. Yeah. And so they need to come together and split the difference to learn how to do like a balance. Yeah, how to make change that makes sense, but respecting history still. Like robotic strike zone, get that shit out of here. <laughs> no, sir. Like Let's that is a part of baseball, the human error, the ump, the blue, like that is baseball. <laughs> That's not funny. Getting, no, no, absolutely. Do you see that? Do you see that Mookie Betts strike out the other night? No. It was like two inches inside or outside, I believe it was. <laughs> and then I saw Dan tweeting about how bringing the robotic umps immediately. If you bring in robotic strike zones, you're going to get robotic players. Yeah, you know, I was I was on your side, and I'm starting to move to the other side. I I mm. like I understand. I I wouldn't. I'm not for it, but I I would be accepting of it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we don't have uh, robots telling us if the three-pointer was good or I don't know. I don't know. What I mean, kind of. Yeah. I don't know what point I'm trying to <laughs> we make. We got cameras that tell you immediately. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I, I want some changes to be done to baseball. I just, those two are very egregious in my opinion. I think it's just the, the mentality around baseball needs to change. You know, exactly. Yeah. There, what, what game was it the other day? There was somebody who was winning like 13 to zero. And the team that I was losing tried bunting in like the seventh inning, and everyone threw a fit about it. Yeah, like you don't. Why not? Why not bunt? Like you're still competing. You're still trying to win. If you think that helps you win, even though it probably doesn't, because bunting is stupid. Maybe why the hell not? Has to lay ten bunts down to get a bonus. Yeah, maybe. But some like, super bullshit rule about baseball's unwritten laws that you don't do that because history tells you not, whatever the hell. Yeah. I think That's some of the unwritten like a, rules need to be kind of just like forgotten yeah, about. Like when we have those. Vlad Guerrero hit that, or no, Tatis hit that grant, and everyone was just looking yeah, at him. Yeah, everyone made like, him apologize. Like, yeah, even but, his own dugout, like, turned their backs <laughs> on him. <laughs> yeah, but we have those unwritten rules because it's stupid history that we can't let go of. Yeah. I think with unwritten rules, they need to kind of be a little more fluid from era to era. Like, they, sure, like, keep the same respect baseline, but people change things become more or less tolerable um perspectives change so yeah but is there anything in the nfl where like if you're down by four touchdowns in the fourth quarter you can't run some kind of bootleg play like no of course not i mean it's it's bush league there's been coaches that have gone after other coaches are not shaking hands at the end of the game because college football more so too but i think those are those are quote-unquote kids yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but we can make revenue off of them. That's for yeah. sure. Well, we did tangitize a little there, guys. But uh, you got me all worked up now. Yeah, I know. I I need to do a whole nother like <laughs> podcast just talking about robotic strike zones and history. That'd so. be sick, guys. Are y'all ready to wrap this one up? Let's do it. Yeah, man. Do it to it. All right. Well, it was fun. It was the first time that we were able to get all of us together. 
I hope that it continues. I know Vince is back in the fold, so we got a good core of guys here with a great amount of content and in-depth opinions. And then also, you know, like you got on today's show, like we talk about pretty much everything, old video games, old teams. You know, we're looking to uh, see what y'all think of the content. So five-star reviews can generate you some cash, no strings attached, FWB, remember, friends with bets. And, you know, if this was a Tinder profile for this, you know, thing I'm about to tell you about, like it, it would be the perfect thing that you were looking for. No NSA, FWB. And so pretty much you give us five-star review and, or we earn one, I guess. I don't know how you say or look at it. We earn one. You tell us a little this, that, and the third about us. And you send a screenshot to any of us three here, you know, on the show or at Hootball Gaming team uh, at hoop-ball.com. If you want to email it, if you're old school, I don't think we have a fax number though. Um, do that. Check us out individually. Make sure to get in on the free stuff, like I said at the beginning of the show. Going to get a chance to win some cash if you send those five-star reviews. So, And then we get to grow and then we get to give more and do more. And uh, that's just kind of the way it goes, I guess. That's what someone said one time. So, Blake, Troy, it was a pleasure, guys. I'm... I'm uh, stoked that we were able to get this one knocked out as always absolutely we got playoff basketball coming up so troy and i as well as vince are going to be looking to do a uh you know like a a plate yeah like a a scrub of the playoffs um maybe break down each series series prize see if we can't find any value I know our team's not huge into futures bets, but when we look at something from the present and the now, and then we try to look at it in a two-week scope or window, um, it all it helps us create different mediums and stepping stones with our betting uh, insights and just perceptions as we move along. So that's why I like futures bets because it helps me realize how my mindset has changed towards a team or how they've strictly just changed. So it helps me become a more in the now better. Anyways, more tangents. We're so full of them today. I got a um, question. Yeah. Troy, do you think once the playoffs start, do you think you'll be taking the underdogs a little bit more? If you had to guess. Without you know, uh, no super teams, really. Right. So in the first round, what's been good for me in the past, and um, especially when like the Warriors were just running train on everyone, first quarter bets of one versus eight seeds. So... A couple years ago, it was Bucks versus Magic and uh, oh, yeah. Warriors versus, I want to say, Blazers or something like that. First quarter and first half spreads because these teams want to get out. They want to win quick so they can hurry up and clinch and get more rest. And I think that's even more prevalent now dealing with the uh, shortened season. So I wouldn't say I bet the underdogs more unless I'm looking at, like, series prices. Like, uh, for example, like Heat. Last season, they they were underdogs, I think, in almost all their series. So that would have been plus money. And then they ended up in the finals, and they're shaping up like they can do it again this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, um, I'm interested to see how it all shakes out. That's for dang sure. I, think I was just wondering, some... you know, because all these super, quote-unquote, super teams are kind of broken. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if these eight seeds and seven seeds will have more of a fighting chance. I think in the West, yes, because the, your seven and eight seed is Lakers Warriors. 
That's all these super teams. <laughs> yeah, but in the East, the eight seeds, seven seeds, no. I think Boston is one of the two teams that's clinched a seed, and they clinched the seven seed. So Boston's going to face the Nets. They're going to get absolutely dismantled. They only have Jason Tatum, really. Yeah, yeah. It's starting to set in. I, I love the sedimentation that we're getting for the NBA. It's nice. Mm, I like that word. All right. Sedimentation. Sedimentation. All right, I learned sorry. that in uh, earth science or physical science, eighth grade, Mr. Cromwell's class. Mr. Cromwell. Yeah. All right, let's go. Brandon Cromwell, shout out to you, Mr. Science <laughs> Guy. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this one up, and we're going to have some more fun throughout the day with some bets, plays, picks, all that stuff. Don't forget to get your tally site stuff in, you two. And uh, I can't wait for our uh, listeners and everyone else to be able to come join the tally site train with us because it's a phenomenal thing yeah i love how that is shaping out yeah i gotta i gotta stop myself from another tangent because i'm so good at it um troy blake thank you again so much guys blake is at blake lawatch l-a-w-a-t-c-h on twitter and then troy is at Dwayne underscore the rock johnson Jay, just the Rock Jay. Jay. God dang it. Well, <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Grind's too much. It's too long. It wouldn't let me do that. So I oh, had to do Jay. Man, you know I love you. So you're on, you're on our team. I, I know your Twitter handle. I just, all I have to do is hit the at sign and then TR and it pops up. Bang. So yeah. I use your Twitter handle a lot. That's what matters. So. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, it was my pleasure to having you guys on. Troy, your internet did wonderful. Thank you so much for hosting. And uh, hoopballers out there, new and old and alike, uh, and future ones, we're sending you all of our good vibes, all of our good energies. Go out there, be safe, be positive, be kind. Try to do like half of a nice thing for someone today. If you can, it's Friday. And uh, why not? Let's be breezy. So today in sports betting is out. This has been a hoop ball presentation.